0: Hello, and welcome back to The Adamson's Versus. We hope you all enjoyed the first episode of the podcast, entitled The Adamson's Versus, The Taliban on Pedlos." If you haven't, the first episode is on all of our socials, and it's on Spotify, Anchor, all the all the podcast places. Um, with me is my co-host, also called James Adamson. Hello there. So, this week, we have basically just kind of finding things that we find funny or stories that we've told each other and seen on the internet, and... Uh, this week, we've decided to do the Cocaine Bear. Now, did you know about the, ca- the Cocaine Bear before I told you about the Cocaine Bear?
1: No, you didn't. You sent me a picture and said, "This is the Cocaine Bear," and I thought, "Oh, that." Not only is that a great story, but also it was uh, something we'd have to do on this podcast. So, this podcast is called "The Adamsons versus the Cocaine Bear." But it was, it was, it was fresh to me. Even though this is a story that's been around a while, um, it kind of popped into our kind of socials feeds relatively recently, didn't it?
0: So yeah, cocaine bear was a hun- uh, was an one hundred and seventy five pound black bear, ref- affectionately known as Pablo Escobar, which is fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, oh yes. And what happened was is that little Pablo was just in the in Chattahoochee National Forest in Georgia, just enjoying himself, just doing bear shit, and uh,
1: doing bear shit he- in the woods.
0: Yeah, and nobody knows if he did or not. Um, <laughs> anyway, what 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 happened on this fateful night was that a man named Andrew Thornton II, who was a former narcotics police officer and lawyer, was um, found dead on a driveway in Tennessee with a parachute on his back. He was ca- found carrying thousands of pounds in cash, pistols, night vision goggles, bulletproof vests, and a pair of Gucci loafers. Um, he'd... He jumped from a plane that had um, been dropping duffel bags of cocaine uh, to be picked up, but this has obviously gone wrong and it's landed in this national forest, whether it's to do with wind or because the Mr Thornton didn't exactly know where he was, uh, it's not landed where the people are meant to be picking it up, it's landed in, you know, this bear's natural habitat. Now, when you're a curious little uh, little young black bear, uh, you see a package on the ground, you're going to be like, ooh, the fuck is this? So, he goes in and he sees, oh, what's so this white stuff gives it a taste, oh, that's that's kind of Moorish, that's a bit, oh, wow. He decided that he was going to eat this entire bag of cocaine. Now, apparently there was $50 million of cocaine that fell from the sky. Whether they were all in, in this bear's vicinity isn't very clear, but this entire bear's stomach was filled with cocaine. Oh, he, he ate seventy-five pounds of the powder. Seventy-five—I don't know how many grams that is. I don't know how many lines this bear had, had done. That's about
1: thirty kilos. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> just, just, just. Ooh, to
0: add, there's enough fucking cocaine in this bear to
1: fucking. Oh. We we should add at this point that what what happened then was that the bear sadly died of uh, an enormous cocaine overdose and. We should add that James and I are both, you know, animal lovers, environmentalists. The The idea that human enterprise, especially human criminal enterprise, would so carelessly lead to the death of an animal is obviously tragic. But it is also quite funny. However, <laughs> the best thing about the story is that
0: there will have been about... How long do you reckon it would take...
1: For a bear to die from eating thirty kilograms of cocaine. It, it, it it's hard to say. But there would have been a period where he was the happiest little bear in the whole wide world before that happened. I don't necessarily think he
0: was uh, the happiest bear. I think he might have been the apex predator on the fucking planet. Yeah, he was so only been... a little bear. He's only one hundred seventy-five pounds, which is smaller than probably you and I. So yeah. They're obviously powerful animals, and their their weight is in specific areas. But they're not big like these grizzly things that can weigh up to mm-hmm. like half a ton. But I'm convinced he could have battered anything on. He this could have turf. taken could on have any fucking, other animal on the on the, on the planet in that state. Anything he could have he could have he could have beaten the Vietnamese in <laughs> the Cold War. He would have been fucking rapid. Bears are quick. This the, this thing would have broken the speed of sound. But fortunately. Um, the medical examiner who looked at the bear after it. But this is back in like the eighties, by the way. Because yeah, this
1: all happened wild. in nineteen eighty-five, um, and it's uh, it's come to light for you know we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Right. The uh, the medical examiner said that there uh,
0: uh, and I quote: "There isn't a mammal on the planet that could survive
1: that." <laughs> <laughs> that 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 includes like blue whales and shit. Those things are big. Oh, uh, a blue cerebr- whale on <laughs> cocaine would be interesting. Imagine how aggressive that whale song would be. Aggressive and <laughs> self- <laughs> aggressive and self-absorbed. Just
0: trying to fight like anything it could see, but it would also be, it would also be able to swim the entirety of the Pacific in about half an hour. Yeah. Um, anyway, there isn't a mammal on the planet that survive that cerebral hemorrhaging, respiratory failure, hypothermia, renal failure, heart failure, stroke. You name it, the bear had it.
1: So the only animal in the world that could have survived that amount of cocaine, obviously, is Charlie Sheen
0: <laughs> or Diana or Daniela Westbrook. <laughs> Why is that offside? <laughs> Hold on. Why is Charlie Sheen not offside?
1: And why is that one offside? She, it's not she's off- admitted
0: that she, it's she's not, done a lot of cocaine.
1: It's not offside. I just, I just found it funny. I just imagined the idea of a bear with a deviated septum. Oh, now that's... <laughs> imagine? What a fucking, imagine being off
0: your nut in some like bar somewhere and there's a private room and you go in and there's Charlie Sheen, Daniela Westbrook and a fucking black bear <laughs> sat there just fucking with a wee baggy.
1: Ooh. Although, just just for the sake of our listeners, because I don't know how many uh, of our listeners might have uh, tried on with a bit of drugs, it's not the cocaine that caused Daniela Westbrook's nose to fall off. It's all the shit they cut into the cocaine that did that. So that's what you should be wary of. This bear had pure cocaine, so his, his nose was probably fine. His nose is probably the only bit that was completely undamaged by this whole experience. Yeah. Um, although not that he just ate the cocaine, didn't he? He didn't sort of like start sort of cutting out fat lines in the middle of the forest and snorting them up. Which, <laughs> Grabbed um, a bit
0: of bark and just asked Winnie, do oh, you want
1: some powder?" <laughs> said he would got a fifty-pound note. <laughs> to be honest, with thirty kilograms, you need a bit
0: of fucking guttering.
1: <laughs> wow,
0: that's right. So anyway. I, I spoke to my pals about this and we started making jokes. Now my my friend Rory gets very hangry, and I said, "What do you think's worse, Rory or cocaine or Rory hangry?" And he went, "Oh, Rory hangry."
1: <laughs> so w- should Rory get his own Snickers advert where he's like Godzilla destroying the city and then someone says, like, "Eat a Snickers." <laughs> you're you're not you and you're cocaine deprived. <laughs> Narcos, yeah. get some drugs. <laughs> Yeah, that's what the advertising would definitely look like. So, i um, I
0: think if there was a video game that I'd want to be made, so we don't actually have to do this on real animals, is that they should have all the like the apex predators on Earth and see which one would win on cocaine. Now, is that a topic for discussion? Who do you, What animal do you think would be the most? Let's go land mammals, because there's no point in getting a blue whale to fight a grizzly bear. Because no, oh, I thought we were about to
1: do great white sharks on cocaine. That would be interesting. Oh fucking hell. Again, a whale, a wheel would still battle. Well, there is some precedent for this. They have experimented on animals with, with drugs in the past. They did one specifically to do with cocaine on rats. And what they did was they gave rats two little levers to push. If you push the lever on the left, you get a food pellet. If you push the pellet on the right, you get a cocaine pellet. And without exception, the rats would choose the cocaine uh, and yeah. literally yeah. starve to death because every single time they went up to the pit, they want the cocaine, not the food pellet. Jesus Christ. Um, so I think any time you're talking about this, there would be a temporary period where the animal is in sort of great rip-roaring shape with the cocaine, and then the rest of it is when they become completely um, uh, withered away, husks of themselves, and then eventually die. So that's yeah, that's the moral lesson from all this. They also did an experiment on, uh, on spiders with drugs, and this one's weird because they... They basically gave spiders a wide variety of drugs to see what it would do to them. So they gave them acid, they gave them crystal meth, they gave them cocaine, they gave them speed, they gave them marijuana. And they measured the effects of the drugs by what uh, what sort of webs they spun after that. So you've got some spider tripping its tits off, if a spider has tits, trying to spin a web while hallucinating that goblins from the planet Zog are all around them. Um... Does a spider have tits? If so, <laughs> does
0: that make it Charlotte's Chebs?
1: <laughs> That's a really niche joke there that only works for people from Sunderland, but it's out there just for you. No, Chebs is a word up here. Is it? All oh, right, no, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a source of much controversy in Sunderland because some people think it means tits, and some people think it means uh, a cheb is a penis. So it's, um, oh. it's a, it's a, it's a frequent and very niche discussion among people from Sunderland. So in terms, of, in terms of animals on cocaine, you're obviously looking for that com- combination of physical potential, ability to absorb the amount of, amount of cocaine, but also sort of enough ferocity. Because I think you give, I don't know, you give a Labrador cocaine and it would just, I don't know, it would just get really boisterous and chase people around and spend all the time talking about itself. So what kind mm-hmm. of animal has got enough innate aggression for the cocaine to just push it over the top? See, that's the thing. But the most aggressive animals are things like chihuahuas and wasps, but they don't do much damage to begin with. I reckon a, a giving giving a chihuahua some cocaine would certainly give it a bit more of a a chance in a dogfight.
0: Yeah, this is true, but you know, a
1: chihuahua on cocaine's got nothing against a German Shepherd on weed. You know, well, it yeah, doesn't the, matter. The, the, yeah, the the munchies would probably get the German Shepherd to eat the chihuahua.
0: Yeah, but it's never the. Uh, it's, I never buy into that. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. No. No amount of cocaine is getting a chihuahua to win that fight. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: I. I think. I, I, think, I, I think. I think a grizzly bear on cocaine is going to be pretty much invincible because well, a, grizz, a bear, a grizz, an unenhanced grizzly bear, is already almost impossible for any other animal on earth to fight. Well,
0: that's the thing? I've had this argument with loads of people. and am particularly, you know, my pals Rory and Bruce, and they're convinced that a gorilla could beat a grizzly bear in a fight, and I'm like, no, gorilla, gorillas are, you know. Are big strong animals but compared to bear they're fuck all bears have killed like lions and tigers with one punch you yeah know, those like
1: yeah those there was some Russian Russian really really, un- yeah. really unpleasant uh situations where people made animals fight for the for the benefit of of workmen out in like remote areas i think it was in the yukon in america which is disgusting but we we have some data to work from so yeah grizzly bears are much bigger than gorillas uh and and more powerful and have claws so while uh, you know a, a gorilla on cocaine against a, a grizzly bear without cocaine—I'm not sure who would win. Maybe. That. I mean, maybe I would rather use computer simulations to find this out. Obviously, yeah.
0: you can tell the like the brute force of animals. That's they—they they, they can tell they, they know that a Staffordshire Bull Terrier and a Pit Bull Terrier has got like the strongest bite out of any dog. Yeah. Because they've got it to bite down on a machine, they've not got it to bite down on a human. And go, how how many pounds of pressure do you think that was? You know, they. They have statistical data for it. I I genuinely think it's a grizzly bear or a polar bear.
1: Here's the thing, though, right? What about an animal that's very big, and but otherwise quite docile, and cocaine just gives it the aggression it needs to genuinely become a superstar in this oh, um, so animal dogs- MMA that oh, we've invented dude. here?
0: Uh, giraffes.
1: Yeah, I like that because giraffes are quite fearsome. They only use it in in defence. You know, the the tigers come at them, and the giraffes can drop kick. A, a line into the middle of next week um but you put a i mean obviously the problem for a giraffe is bending its neck down to snort the cocaine in the first place but assuming you get over that logistical issue you've then got a pretty fearsome animal on your hands
0: i think if you give a giraffe cocaine it's it will learn jujitsu like neo does in the matrix and it'll just all the numbers start to like align, and it just it becomes it becomes a predator instead of a prey um other animals, elephants. Be. I think
1: elephants would be pretty fearsome.
0: Oh fuck yeah! Okay, elephants win. Would... Elephants, yeah. Elephants would probably beat a bear if if the elephant got pissed off enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but you, th- depends if you're categorizing it as predators or just animals. Are you give an elephant cocaine, fuck me. you need some line to get up that slope. <laughs>
1: Jesus fuck. Who who better to 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 hoover up a fat line though? They they're, they're built for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hoover up a fat line.
1: So I, I, I think elephants are definitely on our shortlist. Yeah. So the other the other thing about this the re- the reason this has come up on our on our timeline is that um it's been it's been getting in the news because Hollywood, in its wisdom, has decided to make a film about the cocaine bear. Yeah. And I know we have a film podcast, and that's normally where we discuss films. But we never get too far away from films uh, when we have a discussion. And we were fascinated by the idea of them making a film about the cocaine bear. Um, it seems that they're playing it slightly as a comedy, given the people that are making it, Elizabeth Banks directing, and who did you say were producing it? Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who loads of comedy. That's right. So they're obviously playing on the, the comic aspects of all this. But what do you think they're going to do with that story? Uh, I think you need a lot of cocaine to write that story, to be honest. Yeah. Who would you get to voice the bear? Yeah, let, let, let's start with that. The bear definitely needs to have a voice. Um, you know, even if it's not a talking bear before the cocaine, it has to turn into a talking bear once it's had yeah. the cocaine. Um, maybe the bear should narrate the story. I'm thinking, yeah, and then- I, I think an Al Pacino in full Scarface. This <laughs> is an option. Who else? Okay, G- Jim on- Carrey, if you want to accentuate how gratingly annoying uh, a creature on that amount of cocaine would be. Yeah, but except that it's just normal Jim Carrey. That's know, right.
0: It's yeah. Maybe someone like Meryl Streep.
1: (laughs) The role of a lifetime. She's versatile as well. She'd she'd go method. She'd get addicted to it. Daniel Day-Lewis, he would actually become a bear. He would actually live in the forest. (laughs) Uh, I drink your milkshake. (laughs) We're looking for the kind of actor that's a big sort of jabbering motor mouth. Obviously, Robin Williams is no longer with us. He could have he could have been an option. Oh man! If we're talking fantasy casting from any era, then he he's a strong contender. Oh, Robin Williams should have been so good. The thing is where does that story go? Where does that story actually go? Because
0: I don't know. it's gonna. It's I think gonna you be... could almost
1: have a fantastical element where you kind of imagine what his, his final days were like, or what he imagined was going on. That I mean, that's the problem. Dramatically, you have a problem where you're all waiting for the cocaine bear bit to start. So all the bit, any if you have any stuff going on with the bear before he takes the cocaine, it's like, "Eh, come on, hurry up and show us the cocaine bit. And once once the bear's taken the cocaine, that is the beginning of the end, isn't it? Yeah, because the bear fucking dies. You could obviously have some fun hallucinations where he kind of, you know, he he has some sort of interaction with all the other talking bears. (laughs) You could have Yogi Bear. Oh man. you could have, you could have uh, Winnie the Pooh, and there could be some sort of giant drug-fueled orgy involving all the all the all the fictional bears. Okay, I reckon Paddington Bear turns into something like Begbie at train spotting when he's had a sniff. <laughs> some cunt's taking my
0: marmalade, and new cunt's getting over here till we find out who it is. It's fucking shite, me in a fucking mammal...
1: So yeah, I mean that's an option. We could obviously have some, you know, fantastical elements where he meets all the other bears and they all do a lot of drugs together. And um, that's kind of like like Jacob's Ladder, where he's hallucinating, uh, or um, Brazil, where he has this whole like amazing. He's you know, on the point of death. He has this whole kind of long fantasy about what's going on in his life. I think I think it's a funny story. I think I think they're going to struggle to come up with a ninety-minute film that really does this justice. I think we're going to be disappointed. The idea of a film for Cocaine Bear is. I think better than the reality is gonna turn out.
0: That's a shame, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I think I think what you could do is you could have the bear narrating the whole kind of drug drug story.
0: Yeah, and then when it finally does the line of cocaine, the narration stops and it's just Al Pacino talking.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you have a normal bear and then he turns into Scarface.
0: Maybe that maybe that starts off films about what animals you'd want to see on certain drugs. Like wasps needs to chill the fuck out. Wasps needs to start smoking smoking weed.
1: Yeah. Like Give great white sharks and tiger sharks ecstasy, so they go around hugging everybody instead of instead of killing them.
0: Um, what would you give a spider? Because spiders just scare the fucking just scare the fucking shit out of everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. If, if someone is scared of a spider, the fact that the spider is acting irrationally is probably not going to help. So what you give wasps? You give wasp weed. You give great white sharks ecstasy. And if you're Kate and Jenny McCann, you give your children Carol <laughs> la 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 la. On the subject of spiders, someone has come up with some data that suggests that some spiders are scared of themselves. Oh. Like if they were to catch their reflection in the mirror, they go, fuck me, look at the size of that spider. Always oh, it's just me. <laughs> so being scared of spiders is a bit of a universal thing.
0: Right, I think we have covered the cocaine bear. That's just a nice way to kind of get
1: us into... Talking about things we've seen this week, so anything bugging you this week? Anything pissing you off? Um, I think you've got a couple of things that have kind of got your goat, so why don't we lead into those, mate? Uh,
0: just a couple.
1: Um, well, I don't know if this is a thing down south,
0: but it's definitely been a thing in Scotland recently with the whole spiking. I don't know if you've seen this in the news, but there's been a lot of cases of recorded spiking in...
1: Um, scotland scottish universities unions have been boycotting loads let's of clubs. Like, segue into that because you know the bear was spiked clubs. with with a substance let's talk about humans that are being spiked with a substance and see where that takes us yeah that's a very
0: loose segue but yeah so anyway um dundee basically boycotted all the nightclubs and rightly so because nightclubs don't fucking do anything to stop people coming in with a uh, with drugs or stopping people that are inebriated or stopping and stopping people that are obviously there to be a creepy predatory bastard. Now I'm not speaking for all clubs, I'm not speaking for all bouncers, but I'm speaking from my experiences, particularly on going out in Glasgow and Aberdeen. I do think Glasgow's a lot better, um, but obviously it's not. It's not you know it's not watertight, and there's still cases of spiking in Glasgow. But from my experience in Aberdeen, um, there's a place I'm going to name them. I've name dropped them on other podcasts. Prohibition uh, bar, absolute scum. They just care about making a profit because there's not a lot of money in Aberdeen and they've sacrificed the safety of the people and the, the club goers in Aberdeen by trying to turn a profit by letting any fucking arsehole in. And the amount of times I've been out in Aberdeen and my, my pals or even my, my girlfriend at the time who was in Aberdeen, she, she's she been groped. I've watched my pals get groped by these horrible, creepy bastards. So it's unsurprising that the other day 15 recorded cases were spiking were, were reported in, um, in Aberdeen. 15, in Aberdeen alone. And it's spiking's not a new thing. It's not rehypnol. it's not sorry, it's not just rehypnol or what's the other one? G B something. G B D. Uh, it's 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 a drug that they put yeah. in people's drinks that metabolizes. G H B or something like that. Or, yeah. yeah. But it's not just that anymore. They're now they're now just uh, putting needles into people's legs and backs when they walk past and just stabbing them in the needle and hoping it drugs them and they can take advantage of them. Um which is fucking disgusting. Um It's disgusting on, you know, so many levels. But imagine being that um, imagine being that bad at talking to women and being that much of an incel that you're unable to talk to women so you drug them because you think that's the way you're going to you know, get in their pants and stuff like that it's absolutely fucking foul it's, it's disgusting behaviour I'm, I'm glad that Dundee boycotted the clubs and went, I think a few people just went out for coffee and stuff like that um, and they've been boycotting this place because these places have been doing these places do nothing to, to combat it it's an easy fix you search everyone thoroughly put enough people on the door To search them when they come in, um, and see if they've got a needle, they've got drugs on them. You know, hold them aside, put the shit in the uh, in aside in a like a a separate container for the police. It's an easy fix, but they refuse to do it because they just want to turn a profit. They charge nine pounds for you know two drinks and tell me they can't afford and nine pounds for drinks that probably cost the bar. 50p each and you're telling me that they can't afford to have enough staff in the road to ensure the safety of what is majority women being spiked i mean i'm sure there's cases of men being spiked but it's mostly women being targeted yeah In in clubs and they're not putting any investment into it and now they're, you know now they're they're suffering the the consequences of not having people go to the clubs. and it's good they
1: should have done something ages ago because people that
0: run nightclubs are fucking scumbags i hate
1: them what what i don't get and obviously it's a long time since i was <clears throat> regularly going to clubs is it's it's hard to get in the mindset of someone like this, but the whole the whole spike in a drink thing is, you can I don't know you can buy someone a drink and then slip the Rohypnol into their drink. They don't notice it because the only sensation they feel is they're drinking the the you know, drinking a gin and tea or whatever it is, um, and then and then that person is like becomes vulnerable because of that spiking someone's much more kind of aggressive and invasive people are going to notice they've been stabbed with a needle aren't they it must it it must be the more desperate people who are doing this it's almost like you know are you is is it is it designed to kind of work fast so you spike them and they go what the hell was that and they start to kind of go their knees go straight away because they've been they've been spiked or I, I don't get I don't get how it's meant to work this is not scepticism yeah. that it's a thing. It's just, I'm trying to get inside the mind of someone who would do this in their attempt to attack somebody.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand it. It's for, I don't know, maybe, maybe I, I'm just because I was raised properly that, you know, you, you speak to women if they're not interested, you, you, um, you leave them, you leave them alone. Not. That's it. You know, you don't you don't go any further
1: than that. So to, also, a night me, a nightclub is an environment full of people who are a, most likely on the pool and b have had a couple of drinks, right? And if you don't have enough game to pull someone in that environment, go and fucking live on an island somewhere. If yeah, if you, look, if, you if someone if you're at a nightclub and you know she's. She might be out with her
0: pals and she's got a boyfriend, but that's fine. And most people have gone there to have a drink and a good time, and that
1: because they've had a couple of drinks, they're in a happier mood. You know. They're but the thing is, right you out. bounce through and a nightclub, you- and if that person's not interested, you bounce through to the next person, and eventually, some two people bump into each other who, who decide they like the look of each other. It's not. It's not a complex social environment, is it?
0: Yeah. No, I, I don't understand if you. you're not that I, I don't know if it's just because we've now got a culture where, you know, kids don't leave their room anymore because yeah, maybe they've got people all the t- gadgets in their room and they just don't speak to people face to face. So when they actually have to do that and face to face they don't know how to do it, so Well this is the drugged. thing, the night
1: the nightclub was made for British people who, who who don't who don't talk to each other or don't have like the um the kind of the wherewithal to have a witty conversation because they everything's blaring. So no one, no one you don't you don't get by on a funny line in a nightclub, do you? Because no one can bloody hear each other think. You know, it's you, you. You basically you give people a few drinks and you make them rub up against each other. It's like, what more do you fucking need? Do you know what I mean? Here's an experience I had in a, in a club. Going back, this is like it's not a proper nightclub where people listen to house. It was a, it was a club for people who like kind of heavy metal music. So it was a pretty you know grungy environment. I um I went there to just hang out with my mates and I was absolutely fucking hammered. I mean I was ridiculously drunk. I was going through a period where I was drinking Newcastle Brown Ale, which is evil stuff, by the way. Huh. And there was this, there wasn't really proper seating in the nightclub. There's a big dance floor in the middle and there was this almost like oval or circular um, wall all the way around the club. And it, was just, it had just benches, you know, sort of cushioned benches all the way around the outside. And that's where you sat if you weren't dancing. And I could see my mate sitting over there just, you know, having a rest. And there was a gap just enough to sit in between him and a girl who was sitting, you know, sort of two feet away from him. I thought, I'll go and sit down next to my mate. And in my head, I was going to turn around, sit down gently, and it might be a snug fit, it would be all right. But in my drunken state, I ended up kind of clattering into my mate and this girl and kind of slumping down. And I basically landed on this girl and then and then sat down kind of in it and slumped in a state. And she said, mind what you're doing, you idiot. Went, oh, So sorry, sorry. I couldn't even talk properly. You can imagine the fucking state I was in. And despite having done that, right, despite having obviously been an absolute drunken idiot who was only sitting down to sit next to his mate and I was kind of almost had my eyes shut. I don't even remember what this girl looks like because I could not see. Okay, even in the midst of all that, right, she stopped and went, what's your name? (laughs) So it's like even at my worst, you could still find yourself in a situation where there's someone who wants to at least talk to you in this nightclub in the end because I couldn't actually see say my own name at that point, didn't go any further than that, and she just turned away and never spoke to me again. I don't understand what it is that someone in that environment is going, yeah, I'm going to go there and and fucking stick a sharp thing in someone's body with a fucking potentially, you know, dangerous substance in it. I can't understand it. Nightclubs (laughs) are made for people to just fucking bump into each other until you find someone you like. I I fucking don't get it.
0: Yeah. uh, Maybe things have changed since... You were a lad and I, I, I don't particularly I'd rather go to a bar or a, a pub or even have a couple of drinks at home. Um, I don't'm not a big fan of going out to clubs. I just find it the whole environment nasty. it's uh, full of predatory
1: <laughs> creeps. Um, we do have this weird thing in society that the idea of being in a club is kind of sold you know in marketing and adverts and everything and music videos as the epitome of a good time. It's one of the most kind of missold experiences in, in like public kind of discussion. Because most yeah. of the time you're sitting there going, paying a stupid amount for drinks, and then kind of unable to hear yourself think. You might like that kind of music, you might not, and then like, you know, I've just described why why a club is an ex- a place where it shouldn't be that hard to pull if you're that way inclined. But I agree with you. It's who, who I don't. I think we we've we've been given this idea in society that going to a nightclub is this brilliant thing, and I, I don't think it is.
0: Yeah, I don't like it. And it's obviously, it's not a healthy environment that they can't monitor. My mate Rory's a bouncer and he said that they had, he was working not last night, but the night before they had a suspected spiking with a needle and, um, you know, they got through it, but they said there was 1500 people in the club. So it's very hard to kind of tell if,
1: um, that's got someone's... to be a fucking super spreader event as well, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine's
0: taken a couple of weeks off because of this new climate zone
1: thing, which we'll get on to.
0: Mm. Um, but yeah, it's impossible to tell who who, who did it. And I just said, well, mate, you have got to start searching, folk, haven't you? The queues are going to be absolutely fucking atrocious, but you're going to make people take their jackets off, empty out all their pockets, take their fucking trousers down if you have to. Um, don't let anyone use the fucking cubicles in the in the bathroom because they might go and smuggle out a needle and stuff like that. And minimise the amount of time people can be away from. Anyone's eyeliner. I know it's. I know it's a difficult task because someone could just get the, a needle out, you know, on the sly in the middle of the the dance floor. But that, something's got to change about it, you know. Um,
1: I, I think people don't seem to look out for each other uh, as much as they used to anymore. Yeah, I think I think the idea that we, I I don't think we should um, uh, lionize the good old days because I think <clears throat> there are as many people back then who were scumbags as there are now but we seem to have weaponized them now and we seem to have lost the a lot of the kind of natural defenses that we used to have that around that kind of thing where people were I don't know you you were with people that you knew and people made sure you you got home okay and I don't know people people don't seem to be as uh, people are sort of more disconnected from each other now so when they go into a situation like that they're, they're on their own a bit more maybe I don't know. It doesn't give you, you know. The some people are big
0: sociable people and have loads of pals, and some people are quieter people and don't have loads of pals. But that doesn't doesn't mean because you're a quieter person that have loads of pals that you don't have to socialize and don't know that sticking a needle in someone's wrong. No, no. Me. I
1: just mean that if if you if you're, if you're on your own or you're a bit more vulnerable in those places, it's 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 easy to be preyed okay. on. Whereas people who are out with their, you know, in in groups or with their mates, you just you know.
0: Well, Rory was saying that when he was doing the doors the other night, she was with her pals,
1: hmm.
0: and someone still tried to stick a needle in her. So it's. It's oh, stinking behaviour. R- Rory, Rory said basically the first person he finds with needles in the in the club is getting taken to a place where there's no cameras and having the fucking shit beaten out of them.
1: And I said, well, you can give them a couple for me if you like. So um, yeah, the thing is, yeah. any, anyone who goes to that, um, like you say, the searching. At the beginning, they don't want to do that because it's a cost, isn't it? It's like they'd it it costs them in time and money to search people before they go into the into the club, where they just want to get people in as quickly as they can to pay whatever the entrance fee is and then pay the inflated charge for the drinks. Um, and they don't want to do anything that gets in the way of that. Also, if they have to turn people away, the again they would they would rather those people were just in the in the club. I guess it's um it's it's an amoral decision that's been taken there, isn't it?
0: Well, yeah, and it's not like they don't have enough money. You know, the, the charges they're putting on cocktails, um, you know, a 25 mil shot of vodka that goes into a cocktail that's, you know, costing, what, nine quid? Mm. I'm not buying it at all.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, madness. So, yeah, I mean, part of me does feel like, as you say, sp- spiking's been around for a while, but it, it's the media's suddenly hit upon it as the thing to discuss right now, isn't it? And the media does that from time to time. They go, right, this is the thing. And something else will be the thing in a month's time. And spiking won't change, but it just won't be what anyone's talking about anymore. Do you know what I mean?
0: So to summarize, if you're going out spiking girls because you're not that interesting and don't know how to talk to women, you're a cunt. You should turn a needle on yourself and jab it directly into
1: your eyeball. Yeah, just stay out of the gene pool. You you don't need to reproduce. We've got enough people. The human race doesn't need you to to contribute to the fucking birth rate you cunts well
0: hopefully you don't fucking reproduce because you don't have to talk to women so you won't be able to fucking actually talk one into sleeping with you
1: yeah clown yeah and i think the 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 message is you know while we're supposed to take an irreverent look at things or a sideways look at what's going on i think a, a genuine serious statement is is that people should start looking out for each other you know you talk about it's not just this it's talking about all the things that came out in the sarah everard case about how you know how nervous a lot of women are because just going, just going out and then getting home, uh, they have all of these defense mechanisms because they're worried about being attacked, and you need to kind of learn a little bit more. About, is re- really that's that's affecting them all this time? And I, I think we just need to kind of say, look, as a community, we should just be looking out for each other, and if you if you see somebody's looking suspicious in that situation, you should be, you know, you, you sh- we should all be vigilant. And we should all be looking to stop these assholes from doing that because women especially, you should feel a lot fucking safer than they do in public places. Yeah. So you said you had something else that was getting your goat? Uh,
0: yeah, so there's this big fucking climate change summit coming up and it's not even started yet and it's already fucking pissed me off. So um, This is
1: the one that's taking place in Glasgow, right?
0: Yeah, so I don't live directly in Glasgow. I stay just outside it, but the traffic as a result of it has been absolutely disgusting. Like it's been awful. It's been just unbearable. And it's not even started yet. They've closed off the Clydeside Expressway, um, which is right next to where they're holding it. It's being held right on the, the, the riverside. It's been held next to the uh, the hydro and the the armadillo, the Clydeside Auditorium. So just around that area. And that's you know, that's not a particularly busy part of town, but what's happened is that they're gonna close off parts of the Kingston Bridge, which is like the busiest fucking bridge, bridge in Glasgow. Where, um they've closed off the Clydeside Expressway, so that's two of my ways getting to work and seeing my girlfriend out of the out of the fucking picture. So it means I have to go, you know, through the Clyde Tunnel. The Clyde Tunnel's pretty fucking stinky at the best of times. One, because it's the Clyde Tunnel, and two, because it goes onto Crow Road and Balshagray Avenue, which is just fucking constantly busy. It's it's just a very poorly designed road and it's got a lot of traffic that comes through it. And if I don't want to do that, I go through the Erskine Bridge. Uh, now usually that just means more miles, you know, just mean going to the Erskine Bridge is about the same time as going through the Clyde Tunnel or going through the Clyde Side Expressway, but it's just, you're, you're doing 70 for longer as opposed to doing 50 and then 40 and then 30. You're just, you're, you're on the 70 for longer. You're just doing more miles. Yeah. Now that's usually not, a, not a problem for me. You know, I can, I don't mind the, if it's the same amount of time, I don't actually mind going the few extra miles. Anyway, uh, the other day I, Wednesday, I was, I was over in Bathgate. I was doing some, um, I was doing some qualifications for work I was doing my first aid training so I was doing all that it was started at half eight in the morning so because the traffic was bad I was told to I was told by a colleague who'd who'd been there before to leave at like seven seven o'clock to get to Bathgate Bathgate's only a 40 minute drive so we've already added about 50 minutes onto my journey and to be fair he was right I was I got there about 15 minutes before it started um which is just it's just rotten now that might have just been rush hour traffic and then on the the other day on the way back it finished at four and i didn't get home well i didn't get back to my girlfriend which is would have been about a 45 minute drive it took me an hour and 45 minutes so you might just be thinking oh he's just moaning about traffic the prick right okay i'm being i'm being a miserable bastard okay but what i don't understand is is that the reason these roads have been shut is for a climate summit
1: so that's the, the reason it, everyone's doing more miles, using up more fuel, and then there is congestion in a busy city, is because of a climate change conference. Yeah, the, the irony is, uh, is dripping off that, isn't it? So,
0: what? So now we're all stuck in congestion. We're all stuck in traffic, and the CO two is getting increased on our cars and stuff like that. Great, well done. You've really combated climate change there. More to the point, why are you holding a climate change summit and flying? every cunt from here to Timbuktu to one city on planes, boats, trains, cars, you're getting them to use more greenhouse gases than would usually be used at this time of the year to make the point that the planet is dying and we need to do something about it. Do it on fucking Zoom.
1: Like everyone else has been for the past fucking 18 months.
0: And is is COVID just taking a couple weeks off? Is that, you know, they're taking everyone off the red list so we're going to have 30,000 people coming to the city of Glasgow and there won't be a COVID spike after it? great great idea so anyway um not only is it not only is it counterintuitive to the the co2 thing by having everyone fly here joe biden the president of the united states of america isn't even staying in glasgow for it he's staying in edinburgh so i don't know how true this is because it seems to be whispers it might be true it might not they're going to close off the entirety of the m8 motorway which links glasgow to edinburgh for the presidential convoy from Edinburgh to Glasgow. For security reasons. In case someone in fucking Falkirk decides they're going to try and bomb... Um, try and bomb Joe Biden. They might, they're might they worried someone's going to let, set off a road mine just in, outside Livingston. So what we've, what they've done there is, is that the president's not even staying near the climate summit. So he's using an extra 50 odd miles of petrol for his car there and back. That's so that's 100 miles. And then he's got his four other cars that will probably be in his convoy. So that's another... 400 miles so using 500 miles for one person's journey alone from edinburgh to glasgow right that's not counterintuitive to uh climate change at all but he's not even he's not even chosen to stay in the city uh barack obama's staying in cameron house which is like fifteen minutes outside of glasgow because yeah. he understands that it's a climate summit uh so there's that so yeah uh, your,
1: your granddad has some experience of um security and protection which we won't discuss any further because uh we're not supposed to talk too much about it but his experience of the americans and how they view security is very much using a sledgehammer to crack a walnut <laughs> so they would they would close the whole country um, if they uh, if, if they could because their idea of security if you've been through an american airport you their, their idea of security is not um not exactly forensic
0: yeah so it's it's bringing it's just brought out the worst in people you, have you seen the airbnb thing
1: No oh, they like surging their costs to ridiculous levels
0: well yeah that always happens anyway you know when it's when it's summertime or you know the footballs on and things like that, they always bump up the prices a little bit. You know, um, the Commonwealth Games, the prices will probably have gone up a little bit back in 2014, which happens anyway, you know, there's a quick buck to be made. But the worst thing about it was that some guy, some US delegate had booked his um, accommodation ages ago. He must have booked it back when the the thing was planned or it was announced. So he's getting the usual rate of, say, it's uh, £40 a night for three weeks. When the landlord gets annoyed at the fact this guy was intelligent and booked it in advance so he decides to message the guy saying right I, I want more money basically it's not the exact words he says it says well because of the competitive rates in the market right now people are paying 400 pounds for inferior rooms 400 pounds a night for inferior rooms and I basically want a slice of that pie so I'm asking you to pay an extra 70 pounds per night that you're here so an extra 1450 pounds I think it was um which is an extra two thousand dollars just because this guy wants an extra slice of the pie. The guy doesn't do that. The guy I don't know if the guy replies or says he's not going to do it, or if he just completely ignores the email. But yeah. the landlord then emails again saying, Well, you haven't given me the extra money, so I'm cancelling your accommodation. Nah. So Airbnb, um, find the guy. They find the landlord and he's not allowed to rent out his room during um during COP twenty six. But I said, Why why is he allowed to do it after COP twenty six? Why are you not banned from ever being a landlord on Airbnb again? Yeah. Because again, people are trying to
1: make a quick buck. Um, because it's one of those things, like anything on social media, anything on Facebook, anything on Twitter, anything on Uber, anything that seems to operate in the technology space. These tech millionaires just go, "Oh, um, oh, we, we, we can't really do anything about that. We're not, you know, we're we're, we're a tech company. We don't. We're not. Uh, we're not subject to the same rules as everyone else. And it just means that there's no fucking regulation whatsoever. It's absolute wild west. It's simple. It's why. It's why the 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 Russians are t- taking the rest of Europe to the cleaners, just using Facebook to spread misinformation. And why Uber is like, it was a fucking sex offenders paradise until until they were threatened with being completely closed down. Because all of these fucking tech millionaires who sit there in their fucking Dunlop fucking gym shoes and their pyjamas, like sitting on a beanbag planning their next strategy, do not give one fuck about taking part in an ordinary society. <laughs>
0: So yeah, that was my little rant for the week because it's going on for I three weeks. In with a rant of
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not
0: even started yet. It doesn't start until fucking Sunday. And the traffic getting home from work has been absolutely fucking stinking. The thing like, is
1: that one of one of the messages from this climate conference, like like any climate conference, is going to be people are going to have to learn to do things differently if we're going to deal with the challenges of climate. And I'm not one. I don't like to be one of these ones who accuse other people of hypocrisy in in kind of uh, talking about the environment because I saw someone some fucking knob end to be honest with you talking about how david attenborough is a hypocrite because he's talking about the effects of climate change look how much traveling he's done to look at animals around the world it's like fuck off mate there's there is a degree to which people have to accept that they're all individually contributing to the environment issue that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about what we're going to do to change it but the actual climate conference if it's going to tell people that they need to do things differently in future they need to set a fucking example the need to say, we, we used our ingenuity to do this conference in a way that didn't cause damage to the environment, and, and that's what we're asking you to do. It's like when the G7 like people get together to talk about world poverty and they all fly there in a fucking private jets. It's like, uh-huh. fucking be the change you want to see in the world. And that's me quoting Gandhi, by the way. We quoted Gandhi on the Adamson's versus the cocaine bear, so thank you very much.
0: <sighs> <sighs> fucking society, man, and not
1: it's fucking stupid if if this if we've learned anything from covid and brexit and our relationships with russia and a number of the things that are going wrong in the world right now climate change is one of them is that people's people are really capable of letting their stupidity override their intelligence we seem like we're fucking going to the war on purpose we're brought up and again this is we're you know straying into film podcast territory we're brought up to believe that in a crisis, like the stories in the movies and on TV, in a crisis, people will find a way to get together and come up with, with the answers and make it work. And some people are doing that. But it does feel like a large part of the human race seems determined to do the dumbest fucking thing they possibly can. Right when they need to try and use a bit of common sense. Yeah, just- it's, it's, it's. i don't think they see the irony in it it's a climate no, summit don't. and you've
0: flown everyone and now the people that even the people that are here are using up so much greenhouse gas oh do it on zoom do it on fucking zoom
1: yeah and if that presents logistical challenges use all the cleverest people to come up with doing that maybe you have regional maybe you have regional sessions yeah where, where people minimize their travel like if you're from america you you, you attend you know, where you are. And then the Zoom sessions are in big conference conference halls so that you're not sitting there with loads of people on mute on a fucking laptop at home. But there are ten, 10, I mean, this is us spending two minutes thinking about better ways of doing it. These things get organized years in advance and they should have had the world's brightest minds thinking about how to do it in a, in a better way.
0: But they don't, yeah, they've not. The irony seems to be lost on them. Because there, was some, there was some protesters yesterday. Who? Oh no, the other day, who went to the Clyde side where you can pretty much see the COP Twenty Six building, which has been built from scratch, by the way. So they built an entire campus from scratch, not just using an existing building in that part of Glasgow. Where there's about four massive venues. You've got the Hydro, which holds fifteen thousand people. You've got the Armadillo, which holds I don't know thousands of people, and you've got the uh, SEC, which is just along the road from there. About two hundred meters holds thousand people, and you've Hold decided it in to the use
1: summertime even, at an outdoor venue that yeah, holds the, even more people.
0: Glasgow Green, Bella Houston Park, fucking enormous spaces. No, you've decided to build something from scratch. Great. So that's using more materials, more greenhouse gases, more time, more resources. Right, cool. Um, but the irony, the irony is that there were these protesters that were they had a boat so that had some message on it about you know let's fix the climate, which is what this whole fucking climate change conference is about. They're not going to go in and go. No, I think the climate's all right the way it is right now, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Donald Trump's left, so they're back in the Paris Climate Agreement, or they're, they're, I imagine they're looking to get back into or they've now got a president who's more wise to the idea of climate change, which is mm-hmm. great. So that's what they're going to be doing. Do you know what they then did to this boat? Tell me. They set it on fire. What,
1: well, the protesters set it on
0: fire? Yeah, they set it on fire because, the, because of climate change and the amount of greenhouse gases we're putting in the atmosphere. Do you know what they did? They put a little bit more greenhouse gas, in the fucking atmosphere,
1: it does depress you when the people who are appointed or have appointed themselves to try and fix the problem manage to be part of the problem.
0: Mm-hmm. I, th- the best thing is right now is that Glasgow's currently flooded. It's done nothing but rain for the past forty days and forty nights. I just saw uh, Noah go down Great Western Road in a dinghy. So um, did he, he saying, "I told you so" in Aramaic? <laughs> yeah, Glasgow. Glasgow's currently half flooded. Uh, just before a climate change conference so yeah that's that's a load of bullshit i hate them all already i hope it's a complete and utter disaster um not that i disagree with climate change obviously the planet's dying but it just seems it's like saying all
1: all the more reason that the climate conference should be done in the right way yeah all the more reason for the people it's a big problem all the more reason for the people tasked with fixing that problem to not be fucking morons
0: what's like me going to you dad i really think we need to talk about how you keep shitting on the floor, and I want you to stop it. But you know what we're going to start with by stopping that? I need you to take a really big shit on yeah, the floor. That's
1: all shit on the floor to talk you about know? the problem of shit on the floor. Quality, absolute fucking clowns, man. Yeah, I mean it's it's all the same thing. It's like in America when they're talking about the climate change, and there seems to be this this idea that climate change, you know, solutions or or alternative energy. It's either that or the economy. Despite the fact that all renewable energy. Um, efforts and industry and and uh, an activity creates about seven times as many jobs as any other form of energy and in every part of america where most of those states have got republican fucking far right cunts holding them back even in that situation renewable energy is creating jobs while fossil fuels are losing jobs and it doesn't occur to anyone that the economic answer and the environmental answer are the same fucking thing it just requires people to actually use their intelligence and, and think and there's this discussion with the environment about like leaving it up to the individual to whether they're recycling their goods or whether they're going to act differently and think differently. Now, people do need to work and act differently, but the individual can only do so much if the overall direction of governments is all over the place. So it's all the more fucking worrying that the people whose specialist subject is meant to be the environment are fucked up in this way. And I know we started this podcast on a much more jolly theme, but we might as well fucking point out that number one problem in pretty much every walk of life is there's too many fucking idiots.
0: Yeah. Fuck pretty Patel, I guess. I don't know.
1: (laughs) So that's us. We've talked about the, uh, the, uh, the Adamson's versus the cocaine bear. Uh, and I think we gave that subject a due discussion, uh, as we always do, perhaps less organically in the first episode, we morphed into other things, but we always like to talk about other subjects and the other things that are um, uh, on our minds. And I think it was, it was worth mentioning, uh, the spiking issue definitely, it was worth mentioning climate change uh, and uh, if the cocaine bear can help the environment it will be a a due legacy for that poor little creature and his terrible drug habit. This has been the Adamson's versus the cocaine bear Um, we're glad you joined us we hope you join us next time. Bye! This has been The Adamson's versus The Cocaine Bear. Next time it will be The Adamson's versus Something Else, featuring James Adamson and James Adamson. The music was District 4 by Kevin MacLeod. Look forward to speaking to you again soon.